It's the toughest, most important job in the world. Four kids. If you want to know what it's like to have a fourth, just imagine you're drowning. And then someone hands you a baby. This is The Mom Show. It's where moms come to learn and share. Our host is Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome on into the Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us. I'm very excited to talk about this topic today. It's a topic that's near and dear to my heart, and I haven't talked about it in a minute, and that is uh, postpartum mood disorders. And you may notice I didn't even use the phrase postpartum depression, even though that is largely what we'll be talking about today. In addition to postpartum anxiety, postpartum uh, PTSD, psychosis, all of the illnesses that can accompany a woman after she gives birth or during pregnancy. And I call it maternal mental health and postpartum mood disorders because there is a real shift to change the language around what happens to you after you give birth. And I should add that it can happen to you as an adoptive mother and it can happen to you, uh, it can happen to dads. And so I'll probably refer to it a lot as after you give birth, but just know that all of those things can happen. A woman's mood can really start to suffer after she has a baby. So I brought in a couple of guests today, uh, and you'll find out why here in a minute. But my first guest is Brooke Dorf. She is the state's maternal mental health specialist with the health department. Hi, Brooke. Hi, Lindsay. Thank you for being here today. So excited to be back. So that we should lead the show with this news that happened just this week around maternal mental health. Why don't you tell me what happened? So Utah has a brand new website um, that is a geolocated map where anybody can go on and find resources that they need in their community um, and or for their friend that's in a different community. But you can find a maternal mental health specialist that is a lot of different provider types um, locally or online or or beyond. Now tell me the name of the website. It is maternalmentalhealth.utah.gov. It's a little bit of a mouthful, but it it's important, right? Yeah. And for that very reason that I just listed at the top of the show, there is a real uh, shift to change the language from just postpartum depression because that's what happened to me. I started experiencing uh, intrusive thoughts and scary harm coming to my baby, sometimes at my own hand. This was five years ago after my first was born. And I didn't know what I was experiencing because I wasn't having the quote unquote depression symptoms. And so... I wasn't just laying around in my sweatpants all day, although sweatpants were very much a part of my routine. <laughs> As they should be. Yes, they very well should be after you have a baby. But I was anxious. And again, I was having those intrusive thoughts. These are kind of just like what if thoughts that bombard you out of nowhere, almost like you're picturing these things happening to you or your baby. And again, sometimes at your own hand and they're terrifying. And so I'm just I just didn't know what was happening to me. So I love the shift in this language, even though it makes us say more words. Yeah. It's an important shift. Yeah. The rebranding, as if you want to call it, is super important because, as you mentioned, we're talking about mental health during pregnancy as well. Um, some people just call postpartum depression postpartum as, as like a little nickname, right? But that's actually... It, 
excluding the whole nine months during pregnancy that people also experience these same things. Yeah. It's also excluding, as you mentioned, anxiety, OCD, PTSD, all the other things. So maternal mental health is kind of the new way to talk about it. Um, even that excludes everyone who's not quote unquote maternal. Right. Um, right. Wish we could call it parent mental health yeah. or something else. Yeah. But um, yeah, so that's this website is awesome. And anybody can be able to find um, a resource that they need in their community. Again, Lots of different providers are listed on there, not just psychotherapists or counseling. Well, and let me tell you what I see with this website. And you can tell me from your end, because you guys are the ones who took the money that the state legislature gave you and made this a thing, uh, if this was kind of the thought process behind it. But we now have this website in the state, maternalmentalhealth.utah.gov. And when I was experiencing uh, postpartum mood disorder, I had I went to my OB and they gave me a prescription for medication and kind of sent me on my way. There was no follow-up. There was oh, no... Gosh. And in fact, my insurance changed throughout this time period. And there was just a real lack of care, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Uh, I just didn't... I just... I, like, had a nurse give me a prescription and then that was it. Like, good luck. Okay, bye. And I had to go back in and get a different prescription because... That one made me even more sick and sick to my stomach. I took two days off of work. You know, I just, I was having all these things happening. Um, and it was like my own doctor didn't even know where to send me. That's and exactly I, right. I even had a conversation with a good friend of mine who is an OB. And I'm telling him about my, he's an OB, okay? So he <laughs> delivers babies for a living. And I was telling him about my postpartum symptoms. And he's like, yeah, where did you go for help? I was like, you don't even know where to send someone for help? Yeah. You're the OB. And now that's not fair to just label all OBs as that way. But it just is illustrating my point that there was a real lack of communication between doctors and people who care for women who are having babies and the mental health professionals who treat them. And now you have this website in place. Right. Yeah. That's So our, I mean, the, the point of the website is for uh provider's office to be able to use it if they were working on getting universal screening with um, providers throughout. And when I say provider, that's kind of like a big, scary word. It's a sticky word, but I mean pediatricians, I mean OBs, I mean doulas, lactation consultants, anybody who sees a mom during this time. So we're hoping that they are screening and learning where to recognize signs and symptoms. But then this website is kind of a catch-all so they can say, okay, now I'll go on there with you and help you find somebody. You can um, narrow the search results by insurance, and including no insurance if if you don't have insurance or if that they don't cover it. Right. Um, you can narrow it by where you live. You can narrow it by provider type. Yeah. And these are all people who've been trained in maternal mental health. So again, a, a provider's office or, or person can help you look for that. But also... The idea that it was a website was because I always think about that 3 a.m. mom who's nursing and partner's asleep and she's alone in the bathroom crying and she doesn't know where to go or where to get help. Hopefully, she'll be able to feel not threatened by going on a website and looking and saying, okay, I have options. There are people who've been trained in this. So this website is hopefully a catch-all for providers, for moms. Maybe it's a mother-in-law 
or a mother who's noticing that her daughter is not acting the way she used to, and she looks it up and says, hey, look, I found this for you. Here are a couple options. Or, you know, there's so many different people who this can help. Brooke Dorf is the maternal mental health specialist with the state of Utah through the health department. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, but I haven't even brought in our other guest who's here with us today. Uh, Gabby Bijou. Did I say your last name right? Boger. Boger. Nope, I didn't. <laughs> Gabby Boger is a mom from Sandy. She has one beautiful boy and she experienced postpartum psychosis, which is a whole nother animal in and of itself. Self, excuse me. So we're going to hear Gabby's story. We're going to take a break when we come back on The Mom Show. You've joined The Mom Show. Being a mom can be tough sometimes. We try to make it easier. Here's Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio. Welcome back into The Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us. So we are talking about maternal mental health today. And when I say that term, uh, what that kind of means. It can it can it can be used as a broad term, but it also can specifically cover postpartum mood disorders. So we're talking postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, postpartum OCD, postpartum psychosis, postpartum PTSD. Did you know all those things can happen to you after you have a baby, and all those things can happen to you during pregnancy? And that's something I think. Not all moms are aware of, and especially first-time moms and newer moms, right, who we're just kind of trying to get our sea legs under us, right? Uh, so we've learned this week about a new website f- uh, from the state of Utah called maternalmentalhealth.utah.gov. And it puts all in one place providers and therapists and um, doctors who specialize in caring for women with postpartum mood disorders. So you can go to that website. You can find the help you need. Uh, I want to bring in now a mom from Sandy who experienced a mood disorder, as I did. I kind of experienced more of the anxiety and OCD. This was five years ago after my first was born. But Gabby Boger experienced postpartum psychosis. Gabby, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Okay, so let's just start at the beginning. What were your symptoms like and how did you know you were experiencing this? So I actually didn't know that I was experiencing it. Um, It definitely started while I was still pregnant. I'm an anxious body by nature and I loved to Google and scroll through all of the scary things that could happen to pregnant women and I could not stop. I could not stop being anxious, um, you know, going from competent in almost every area of my life to being an absolute beginner at something as all-consuming as motherhood, I just felt so unsure of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, that anxiety turned closer to when I um, was about to have my son into not being able to sleep, above and beyond being uncomfortable um, having a, you know a baby in your belly. Um, so you were experiencing all this during pregnancy. During pregnancy, yeah. Well before, I mean, I was seeing my OB at that point every you know, a couple of weeks and it just never was brought up. But it was never discussed. No, but you didn't know it was anxiety at the time. You just thought this is what mothers do. They worry. Every mom. Right? Every mom is this anxious to have a kid. Right. Um, and then it, the anxiety went away when I had him. I saw my healthy son and for a temporary few days I was feeling really well. Um, and then the sleep deprivation started to set in. Mm-hmm. And like you mentioned with the intrusive thoughts, I was getting barraged by intrusive thoughts and feeling, I didn't know that that was what they were at the time, and feeling very um, guilty and ashamed and scared that I was seeing 
I, so at the beginning, I was just thinking them, but then I started to hallucinate them. Really? Yeah. So I, you know, you would think that scary thought about your baby. Um, I gave the example of um, putting him in his bassinet and thinking the roof is going to collapse right. on his, on him. And right. then I would be able, eyes opened or closed, to see the roof crush him. Right. And that would be one of probably 20 every single day. Yeah. And so what's terrifying for me, though, is I had the anxiety and OCD, too, which kind of manifests in those intrusive thoughts, the endless kind of what ifs. And like you said, you're kind of picturing this thing happening. But I often was panicked that I had postpartum psychosis and that I was going crazy. And then what if I was so tired, I just snapped and did the things I was thinking? Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, I guess we're not mental health professionals, so maybe you can't answer this question, but how do you know if someone's anxious like that and kind of having those intrusive thoughts that it's not more serious of psychosis? So I would say volume, right? And how much it disturbs your life. Mm -hmm. So for me, it disturbed my life so much so that I did not want to care for my son at all. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be in the same room as my son. Um, And in fact, I was going on out of the house and shopping. My son wasn't even two weeks old. I spent about $16,000 in three days out of the house. Yeah. Wow. Um, Just to avoid being alone. I wanted to be out, gone. I didn't want nothing to do with him. So he was cared for at the time. Yeah. My husband was home with him. Okay. Um, And he knew that something was horribly wrong, but he didn't know what. Yeah. We did not get educated about what the signs and symptoms of the. you know, like you said, the anxiety and depression, let alone the psychosis, which is what I was starting to experience. Yeah. You know, I started to think that someone was going to come after my son, that paranoid racing thought. I started to think I could hear people outside of the apartment that were going to come and hurt him. Um, and and really, I was just out of my mind. I mean, I just didn't, I couldn't sleep. I, I would shut down the mall at 1 a.m. and then go home and not be able to close my eyes. So we were headed in a really bad direction. And if he hadn't known something was up, um, I would have kept going. For sure. I had no insight. Right. What did your husband think through all of this? Was he kind of watching this thinking something was up or? He would say, is this just the new Gabby? You know, she's a new mom. Maybe she's just trying. And then I think the constellation of symptoms, you know, an individual weird star here, weird star here, kind of started to develop that something was very, very wrong. Hmm. So what did the hallucinations get to a certain point before you started getting help? Or how did you finally decide it was time to do something? Um, my husband actually, um, tricked me into going to the ER. So he said, you know, I think that, I think our son has a fever. And I remember thinking, right, that feeds right into that fear of, um, someone's coming to hurt him. Something's going to happen to him. And I never had specific violent thoughts towards my son, which I think was the way that I was convincing myself that I didn't need help. Right. Oh no, mm. I don't want to, I don't want to hurt my son. I don't right. want to hurt my son. Right. I'm just really overly concerned about him. Right. And that's just as dangerous. Well, absolutely. I want to point out from my perspective, just listening to your story, do you know that your son was cared for during this entire time? Not at all. Like your son, you cared for your son even while suffering as much as you were because you had your husband caring for Mm -hmm. him. And even though you were out at the mall, you made sure he was cared for in the midst of your suffering. That is something that moms with postpartum issues can't see when they're in them. They think they're just completely failing at it and have no, they're, they're just not doing it, right? And exactly. even though you were physically not doing it, you were doing it. Someone was there. Yeah. And I remember thinking anyone but me, anyone but me would be better to help my son because I'm, 
I'm awful. Like I'm a bad person. Anybody right. but my anybody but excuse me, anybody but me. Right. We're chatting with Gabby Boger. Um she is a mom from Sandy. She has one beautiful son and she experienced postpartum psychosis. We're listening to her journey through this this terrible ordeal after the birth of her son. What happened, Gabby, when you got to the hospital? So my husband genuinely didn't think people would believe him or believe us that we needed help. He was really scared to go in. Um, we were separated and my husband was able to step out and ask to speak to the doctor and say something is horribly wrong with my wife. I don't know what. Um, they they came and talked to me. The social worker came in and that's when I knew something was up because I had no insight. I always say that moms, psychotic moms are the last uh, person invited to their own mental health party. Yeah. I thought I was there because the day before I had walked 11 miles at the mall right. and my hips were hurting. Right. And the downstairs was nothing to what was going on, the chaos upstairs um, in my brain. And so they um, they asked me about all of those racing kind of um, out manic thoughts. And I said, yes, that's exactly what I'm thinking. And then I remember telling them, you know, I have seen my son die hundreds of times yeah. before my eyes yeah. and I can't keep living like this. Yeah. Did they know what to do? What did the hospital do? So the doctor in the ER told my husband that he had never seen um, this before. Of course. And so he was extraordinarily scared. And the social worker mentioned that I might not ever come back. She might not ever come back mentally. Um, So he was really scared. And they said nothing, nothing about diagnosis to me. Um, I really wasn't aware that I had psychosis until about halfway through my um, inpatient stay. I was involuntarily committed Mm -hmm. um, and then placed on a general um, behavioral health unit. And probably two weeks into that was before I really understood what was going on. Okay, we need to take a break there. T- chatting with Gabby Boger. Uh, she is a mom of one uh, from Sandy who experienced postpartum psychosis. I want to pick up your story where we just left off when we come back on The Mom Show. This episode discusses suicide in detail. We chose to air this in hopes anyone who's suffering can know they're not alone and help is always available. The National Suicide Prevention Number is 1-800-273-8255. It's the toughest, most important job in the world. Four kids. Do you want to know what it's like to have a fourth? Just imagine you're drowning. And then someone hands you a baby. This is The Mom Show. It's where moms come to learn and share. Our host is Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back into the Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us. We're talking about postpartum mood disorders today. These are the disorders that can happen uh, with your mood after you give birth, like postpartum depression, anxiety, postpartum OCD, postpartum PTSD, postpartum psychosis. I list all of those instead of just saying postpartum depression, because even though that's the one we most commonly hear, it's not the one a lot of moms experience. Uh, We have a lot of data that shows us that a lot of moms are anxious. And um, that's not to say that one experiencing postpartum depression isn't suffering, but there's a lot of things that can happen to you postpartum. This can also happen to you during pregnancy. Um, And so I brought in a mom today who actually experienced postpartum psychosis. Now, this is a really serious illness. It involves hallucinations. It involves a manic situation where you're kind of having an out-of-body experience and you're not really in control of your own 
behaviors, and it requires acute medical intervention. And I want to really clearly say that if a mom is experiencing this, she needs to get that acute medical intervention because with a lot of the other postpartum mood disorders, we need more treatment like therapy and a psychiatrist, right? But with this illness, it's very important that you get help right away. Uh, Gabby Boger is a mom of one from Sandy. Gabby, thank you for joining me today. Thank you. Okay, so now we are not mental health professionals, but you are a mom who's been through this. And I just do want to make this clear because if you are in the midst of this, you should see someone right away. Um, But we were talking in the last segment about your story, how you experienced postpartum psychosis. The crux of your symptoms were sort of these intrusive thoughts, Mm -hmm. right? You were picturing harm coming to your baby, like the roof collapsing on him. Yes. And... um, then that kind of devolved into more hallucinations. Yes. Tell me about that. So the hearing things that weren't around me, the seeing things, right, that weren't necessarily there. And at the time, I didn't know that I was hallucinating. Um, And it was really my husband, my spouse, that was, you know, hearing me ask questions of, did you hear that or did you see them? Um, And he was the one saying, no, no. And thinking something was up. And so he, you said, tricked you to go yes. to the hospital by telling you your kid had a fever. Then you guys ended up in the hospital and the doctors there said they had never seen this before. Yes. Which is kind of sad, right? It means yes. we have more work to do with awareness, right? Yes. Uh, and I have someone here with the state health department as well. So we'll get to, to Brooke Dorf, who's the maternal mental health specialist in a little bit. Um but then you were taken from the hospital and admitted into an inpatient facility. Correct. Tell me about that. Um, you know, I had only known it for what Hollywood had told me, right? The psych ward. Mm-hmm. And I was scared. I was incredibly scared. They ended up having to handcuff me to the bed per policy to transport me. And I remember thinking, I'm not a bad mom anymore. I'm not just a bad Gabby. Like, I'm a criminal. Oh, gosh. And so already having these psychotic thoughts. And so you're hearing and seeing things. And now you're going to a general psychiatric ward. And now someone's telling you you're not okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it was it was scarier than it needed to be because the um, behavioral health unit itself was, um, you know, pretty calm, pretty tame, right? It's other people, granted, they're not moms. It's not set up for moms, but um, other people going through their, um, you know, psychiatric problems of their own. But um, I was contained in a, in a safe place. It took me a long time to figure out that I was safe, though. Yeah. And so what were the doctors and the professionals telling you at this point? So they were telling me, so it was pretty radio silent on my side, that I was just going to a place that I, where I needed my brain to rest. And they were telling my husband, um, this could look like a couple of different things. I'm not sure where we're at. We don't have a firm diagnosis yet. And so he was still having to relay to my family and to his family, you know, it's something serious, but we don't know what. And people kept on saying, oh, does she have postpartum depression? And Brandon, my husband, had to keep saying, um, "We're we're we're way past that on this on the spectrum of severity." And uh, and so they didn't know this term, postpartum psychosis, mm-mm, mm-mm. right? And not even the doctors knew it. Mm-mm, no. And so it wasn't until um, this happened in Washington, and there was a um, perinatal center for. Um, bonding at Swedish. And one of their psychiatrists who was trained in perinatal psychiatry was actually consulted on the case and said, oh, yeah, this is psychosis. And she'll be, we we can, we'll take her. She'll be just fine. And my husband said that was the first time where he ever saw any professional provider come in with any kind of confidence that things were going to be okay. 
So that's where the corner started to turn mm-hmm. for you. And then I did go to an outpatient program and graduated. Um, but at about six months um, after all of this had happened, I didn't know at the time that I was, I'm also bipolar. Mm-hmm. And um, I stopped taking my medication. Mm-hmm. And um, then I started feeling incredibly suicidal. And I ended up attempting suicide three separate times in those coming months. At the time, I didn't know that I was in that 9- to 12-month window when it's the most common side for um, postpartum suicide. But, you know, that first time, um, I tried to jump off of the Aurora Bridge in Seattle, and I waited for my husband to go on a work trip. And I, you know, fed and bathed my son and drove to the bridge, and um, I parked illegally with the flashers on and um, walked was walking, trying to find the right spot, and they thankfully um, had a suicide barrier at the bridge. So that meant there there would be two barriers you'd have to jump to jump off of the bridge, and that wasn't going to stop me. I was convinced that I was going to, I was still going to do it. So I took off my jacket and I hopped up onto the first barrier, and I turned, and there was a gentleman walking his dog coming towards me, and. We locked eyes, and he said, um, from that far distance, you know, hey, if you try and do anything, I'm, I'm going to have to come and come in up there after you, and I might fall in too. So, you know, I might get hurt. And I remember that being the only thing. I didn't care at all about my life, you know, and I knew that someone was going to come for my son because I had illegally parked and um, had 911 ready to dial on my phone right before I jumped. And... Um, So I, you know, backed off and he got a little bit closer and he said, you know, I don't know what your circumstances are here tonight, but if you walk off this bridge right now, I won't call the cops. And um, I did. I walked off and got back in my car. My son was still asleep and um, went to bed, woke up the next morning, went to work like nothing had happened. And um, I worked at the police department at the time. So one of the other attempts that I made was I was looking for any available unattended gun. And um, turns out police officers are very um, responsible gun owners. So (laughs) I didn't have the chance. And my husband, we had guns at home that were always safely stored and that saved my life as well. We're talking with Gabby Boger. She is a mom of one from Sandy who is sharing her postpartum mood disorder experience. She experienced postpartum psychosis and, um, If you just joined in the middle of that and you're thinking, whoa, this is scary. It is. It's scary for moms who experience it. I do want to give um, the Suicide Prevention Hotline just as a disclaimer, 1-800-273-8255. If you or someone you know is at risk for suicide, that number again, 1-800-273-8255. Now, what Gabby was experiencing was a very acute form of a postpartum illness, right? And and. Gabby, that's important to note because yes. if a vulnerable mom is listening to this right now, um, you know, she, she doesn't she doesn't know how safe she is at this mm-hmm. moment, right? I can remember feeling that way as one who experienced postpartum OCD. I was like, what if I'm just going to snap? What if I'm going to do these things? What if it's just possible that I'm so tired that I can't control these terrible thoughts I'm having? Sure. How do you assure other mothers who hear your story? To know... I think depression and suicidality like that's greatest trick is believing, making you believe that it's not there, that every mom feels like she needs to find a gun, that every mom 
feels like she wants to jump off of a bridge. Not true, right? That feeling that you have, um, that's not true. Every mom doesn't feel that way. And so knowing that you are never beyond help, mm-hmm. right? And that you to reach out to a family member, to a warm line. There are text lines now. Um, you don't even have to see a person face to face. It can be it can be much more low key, low entry than that. But yeah. you are never too far for help. Do you think you would have known to do that though in the midst of this suffering? Like how did you how did you not think to do that? I it had been going on for so long where I had never admitted my feelings, right? And I had not been honest with myself about how bad, how serious this really was. I kept on just pushing it off. Everybody, every mom feels this way. Every mom has those bad nights. And so to know that, yes, you may be having those thoughts, but that is not normal. Those are, if you're experiencing suicidal thoughts like that, if you are actually putting something into place, that is not normal. The plan. You Mm -hmm. have the plan. That's the biggest difference. I know for me, it was a lot of anxious feelings of what if I could just do this? It wasn't like, I'm going to go do this. Exactly. Right? And there's a difference between that suicidal ideation and just the anxiety over the suicidal thoughts. Exactly. Gabby Boger is a mom of one uh, from Sandy. We'll take a break. More with Gabby when we come back on The Mom Show. Back inside The Mom Show. Dads are welcome, but moms come here to be heard. We're with Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio. Welcome back into the Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us. We just heard a powerful story from Gabby Boger. She's a mom of one from Sandy who experienced postpartum psychosis. And I would invite you to go podcast wherever you podcast and listen to Gabby's story. Um, She shared about uh, her attempted suicide after experiencing a postpartum mood disorder. And it is so powerful for other moms to hear. But if you're in a vulnerable place, please Use caution when listening to it because it is very specific. And that's just the disclaimer I want to give. We are not mental health professionals here. I do just want to share these stories because other moms hear them and they think that that is me. I I could be that person and I need to get some help. So it is so important to share your stories, but also important if you're in a vulnerable place to be aware of that. And of course, the suicide prevention hotline, 1-800-273-8255. I want to bring in Brooke Dorf. She is the maternal mental health specialist with the state of Utah. Hi, Brooke. Hi. Thank you for joining me today. You're sitting alongside Gabby Boger, who just shared her postpartum psychosis story with us. And what's unique about her story that what in all the work and advocacy work you do, what do you hear when you hear her story of postpartum psychosis? Well, I mean, just a few things. Like, first of all, I'm so grateful that she shared that story. It must be really hard to kind of relive those moments over and over. But um, we know that in sharing a story, um, you can give other people right permission to find themselves in your story and permission to get help that they need. But what she shared um, was as very specific, as you mentioned, it's postpartum psychosis. And that only happens um, in point one or point two percent of the population right so very rare very very rare um one in about a thousand births probably um and then 
and she also mentioned, which you also have had, Lindsay, is um, are those intrusive thoughts, the OCD. And that happens to about 3 to 5% of the population. However, there's a really low risk that you will actually act on those intrusive thoughts if they have anything to do with harming yourself or harming your baby. With OCD, we know that the risk is low. We know that there are things that you can do to kind of rewire your brain so you don't get to that point um, where you do think you know, act on harming yourself or harming your baby. And that's such an important point because as a mom with OCD and anxiety, I thought I was capable of the things I was thinking. It wasn't until professionals told me like, just because you have the thoughts doesn't mean you're going to do them. Right. Well, and one example I love to give is actually intrusive thoughts are really common, right? Have you ever just driven and been like, what happens if I don't put my brakes on and I hit the car in front of me right. or what, what happens if I just do this? Right. Yeah. What happens if I trip on the sidewalk, right? Like we have these thoughts all the time that we don't act on. So that is is common, right? But then there's the next level of these thoughts are getting too much and that's all I can think about. That's that's that scary level of intrusive thoughts. And then there's the next level of, I think I can act on these, right? Mm-hmm. So there's, it's, everything is tiered. Again, I'm not a mental health professional, but that's when you know that you need to seek help. And then the other thing I really wanted to mention is that you can actually seek help preventatively, right? There are so many risk factors. Maybe you've had depression once in your life before. Maybe you had really heavy periods. Maybe there's all these risk factors that you can actually read about online. And before you even get bad, before you even feel frustrated, frustrated or weepy or or anxious or that Google, you know, you're looking at Dr. Google like nonstop, mm-hmm. you can actually go to therapy or join a free support group in your area and say, look, I'm actually not going through anything right now, but I think I might in the future. So I just want to do this in advance. I want to get help. And that is a perfect segue into a new website that you have at the state level Yes, uh, that you guys just created called maternalmentalhealth.utah.gov. And it links all the doctors and therapists who are trained in postpartum mood disorders in the state in one place. Yeah. And it also includes support groups. So it's doctors, therapists, support groups, lactation consultants, right? They see moms at a time that a mom is feeling really frustrated with breastfeeding. They may not be a doctor, an OB, but they actually can identify these things in another mom as well. So, but our support groups are listed on there. There are online ones in our state that are free. Um, there's one called the man cave for partners. So if your partner is suffering or you feel like they're having a hard time knowing their place in your family, they can go. Um, there are a lot of really good resources listed on maternalmentalhealth.utah.gov. I love it. Okay, Brooke, I want to ask you too about this. You were telling me about some new statistics in the state of Utah with how many moms are suffering from postpartum mood disorders. Yeah. So you often hear, you know, one in seven moms, that is postpartum depression. However, we have some new data that go up until 2018. um, And that is one in three moms will experience one of the three things. They'll experience either um, depression or anxiety during pregnancy or postpartum depression. One in three. One in three. Yeah. That To me, that number says, first of all, it used to be like one in five, one in seven. Right. Now it's one in three. Mm -hmm. That number to me says this is getting worse. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And we still need more awareness. Yeah. More awareness, more resources than ever. I mean, if we are pushing people to screen, if we're pushing people to this website, that means that we need more people to be on our list. Right. Because we don't want a mom to feel like she is at a level where she needs help right away and she has to wait six weeks. So there's I mean, this is a huge thing that we're trying to undertake and get more people trained. Um, You can get training through Postpartum Support International. We have a Utah chapter 
instructor that is really involved and they're amazing. You can get trained through a, a variety of different ways. But then also, if you're a family member, if you're a mom, go on, learn how to maybe run your own support group or learn how to do these things and look for these signs and symptoms in your friends who may not see it in themselves. There are resources. I think the biggest thing for me as a mom who suffered with a postpartum mood disorder is you will be well with help. Right. With help, you will be well. I know Postpartum Support International says that all the time, but mm-hmm. you really have to believe it because... These illnesses are 100% treatable. Yeah. But you have to get the help to get treated. <laughs> right. And I really love that it the, the first part of that catchphrase is you're not alone. Yeah. This is not your fault. Right. And with help, you will be well. And all those things are such meaningful statements. It's not your fault. I mean, you didn't do anything wrong. Right. This, the, you know, the, these mood disorders will affect Anybody, no matter who you are, it might happen to you. And that is okay. We can talk about it. And looking back on my experience, you know, I'm I'm so far removed from it now. I'm kind of like, okay, well, was it the fact that my husband was working so much and I kind of was on my own? Was it the fact that this is just what my hormones do after I give birth? You kind of start to like try to process like, why did this happen to me? And how do I prevent it from happening again if I want to have more children? Right. And I still to this day don't know the answer to that. And I don't think we have the data and the research that we know why it happens. It just does. And so that's really important to just knowing that it might just be a thing that happens to you. Exactly. Well, and both of those that you listed are risk factors. Right. right. (laughs) So, yeah. So, I mean, if you go down and you list and you say, oh, I actually meet like five of these 10 risk factors, probably I'll get this. Again, you can do things preventatively. Brooke Dorf is the maternal mental health specialist with the state health department. Gabby Boger, she hasn't talked to us this segment, but we just heard her powerful story of postpartum psychosis. (sighs) Gabby, what would be your one uh, advice to mothers who are suffering right now? I think it's what... Brooke mentioned, which is um, perinatal mood and anxiety disorders are flaws of chemistry, not character, right? You are not alone. You just heard the statistics. Um, This isn't your fault. And even with my story, right, you can be well. There is hope. There is hope in the stories and the sharing. Um, There's a good life on the other side. So important. Thank you both for joining us today on The Mom Show. We'll be back next week.